Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this season, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every single goddamn page in a trio of adventure modules for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes RPG, starting with Adventure MT1, All This and World War II. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. All This and World War II was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 38 of All This and World War II. Today begins a big chapter, chapter 16, colon, Red Skull Duggery, aka chapter 16, colon, box text you will never finish. Over the past couple of days, we have looked at two different routes to arrive at this scene. In one of them, our heroes, in a temporary mashup team with the invaders, run right up to the front door of Hitler's secret bunker, enter a hallway, get punked out by knockout gas, and are captured by the Red Skull. In the other branching path of this adventure, our heroes run right up to the back door of Hitler's bunker via fishing boat and also walk into a hallway and are also punked out by the Red Skull and his bullshit knockout gas. By whichever of these varied and exciting paths the heroes have arrived at this scene, they're here now. There is no other branch. There is no other option. Every group will play this scene. It applies to every play experience. Quote, one half of the heroes round fractions down, the more powerful characters in the group are a better choice, will wake up in the Red Skull's laboratory in the bunker. And I can't describe what happens in the scene any better than the read-aloud text. Quote, you wake up chained to a table. Stop right there. Three words into the box text. Stop. I wake up. What if I'm Vision and I was never knocked out? What if I'm the Human Torch and I was never knocked out? What if I'm Wonder Man and I was never knocked out? What if I made all my rolls and Red Skull had to threaten me and make me surrender to bring me here? What if I was never knocked out? There are many ways this could happen. The box text says I was knocked out, and I wake up chained to a table, but I don't wake up. I was never knocked out. Did I let Red Skull chain me to a table? That would have been nice to hear something about in between scenes, rather than just glossing it over in downtime, assuming that I let a Nazi chain me to a table. At this point, the GM will have to stop the box text and assure the player, yes, you had no choice, it doesn't matter what happened before, it doesn't matter if the knockout gas didn't work on you, you were forced to surrender, you were forced to walk down a hallway... And then Red Skull tried to chain you to a table, presumably to conduct horrible experiments on you, and you let him in downtime. Don't worry, I took care of it. No choices to make. You let him chain you to a table, and now you're there. And I know I said that you woke up. I'm sorry, you didn't wake up. You have been conscious, and you have willingly let this Nazi chain you to this table. That's where we're picking up. You have control of your character again. Here we go. Back to the box text. The Red Skull is standing over you. Stop right there. If I'm the Vision, then I'm, I can turn intangible at any time. And I have this attack form where I can materialize my body inside people. So what I would like to do at this stage of the box text here in sentence number two is simply pass through these chains and materialize my android body inside Red Skull's heart, killing him instantly. How about that? Now we got to have an argument. You can't phase through the chains. You just let him tie you up. If he sees you move and come out of your chains, then he might kill the other captives. Okay, well, conveniently, if I'm the vision... I have this little diamond thing on my forehead that he has no reason to know anything about. Technology far in advance of his own. Nobody understands fucking synthesoids. And there's no visible sign that it's about to be activated. It's not like I got to pull a trigger on my body somewhere. It's not like I got to tap my forehead. This is not a web shooter situation. If I'm the vision, I just decide I would like to burn a man's skull face off. And it just happens. I don't even need to leave my chains. It just happens. If I miss, I can even try to play it off. Like, I'm sorry, my forehead just does that sometimes. Synthesoid problems. He can't say shit. He doesn't know anything about synthesoids. Now the GM has to explain, sentence number two of the box text, why are you not allowed to attack Red Skull right now when he is standing over you 
And this isn't just Vision, either. Scarlet Witch, perfectly capable of using her powers while she's chained up. Similarly, uh, Human Torch, Toro, there's no reason they can't blast flame out anytime. Submariner, remember, this is Golden Age Submariner, who is less hot than modern Submariner, but far more silly. This version of Namor has learned how to blast people with electricity at range by inquiring about this trick from electrical fish. I don't know. It doesn't need to make sense. It's the golden age. The point is, it's in his stat block. He can do it. His years of training with electric eels do allow him to simply discharge electricity from his body and hit someone standing near him. They don't need to be touching him. If Namor the Submariner wakes up, chained to a table, and he sees the Red Skull looming over him, the moment that Namor's vision comes into focus and he can see what's happening, he is going to fry the ever-loving shit out of Red Skull, electric eel style, and his fellow superheroes are going to be like, thank you, Namor, for saving us from Red Skull. And he's going to be like, oh, that was Red Skull. It's just my general policy when I wake up and there's someone looming over me to fry the ever-loving shit out of them. I am Submariner. It's not like he needs to point to use this power. Electric eels don't point at people. They don't need to. They're electrical. So right away, that is five of just the default characters in this book, who at this point in the box text, by all rights, should just interrupt the GM and immediately attack Red Skull. So the GM's got to explain Listen, you're groggy, you're just coming to, you're not really oriented yet, you don't, like, you can see and understand what's happening around you, but somehow you're just not in the mental state to do anything about it until I, the judge, can get a goddamn sentence out of my mouth. So please shut up, allow me to continue. Red Skull continues, quote, Welcome. I don't know how you found this bunker, but you were foolish to come here. Did you really think you could prevent us from carrying out our master plan? Don't worry, I won't kill you. Not yet. Instead, I must thank you. You see, you have just given me the perfect opportunity to test the effectiveness of our new hypno-wash device. At this point, the players will stop the GM just to make fun of the name hypno-wash, which I have no idea where this comes from. I don't know if this is of some comic book provenance or if this is the author's own dumb creation. But yes, Nazi R&D has presented Red Skull with something called hypno-wash, guaranteed to make your laundry 20% more submissive. But anyway, giggles aside. You can let the judge continue. Our new hypno-wash device, the latest product of fascist genius. So, okay, finally, Red Skull has gotten the whole thing out. You're chained to a table. You've just woken up or not, whatever. And Red Skull is saying, I'm not going to kill you. I've got this thing called hypno-wash. I'm dying to try it out. So I'm glad you're here in the secret bunker. At this stage, the player characters are allowed to begin testing the limits of their captivity. And indeed, that's what we get from the text immediately. We get some description for the judge of just how these characters are confined to answer the inevitable question. Quote, the chains that bind the heroes are only of amazing material strength, though for the first 30 minutes after they wake up, the heroes will still be weak from the knockout gas, minus two column shifts to strength and any superpowers. So that takes care of that. If the player characters have the temerity to ask you, how strong are these chains anyway? You say they're amazing strength, and you're at minus two column shifts to your strength and all your superpowers. So there's no possible way. Stop. I break out of my chains. If I'm playing Wonder Man, I break out of my chains. I have unearthly strength at minus two column shifts. That's still amazing. My strength equals the material strength of the chains. I break out of my chains, and I simply snap the neck of our Nazi captor. All right. Wonder Man obviously was going to be a tough nut to crack. Wonder Man has this weird comic book history, by the way, where he was created as an antagonist to be able to take on, like, the whole Avengers, including Thor, in a very early Avengers comic. And so even though Wonder Man is, and God knows I love him, the absolute definition of a C-list character that almost no one has ever cared about, he is, like, as strong and durable as Thor, just for no reason. 
But as a GM, you can say, listen, you could break out of your chains, but if you did that, you wouldn't be able to defend your friends. They would get attacked. You would just be forced to lay back down on the table again, because obviously no one else on your team can escape their chains. Stop. I'm playing the vision. I escape my chains with my amazing strength. No, your amazing strength is minus two column shifts, but I was never affected by the knockout gas. Remember? Synthezoid. Okay. So putting aside whatever bullshit Scarlet Witch can pull, we know at least vision and Wonder Man can escape these chains right at this stage. We're, we're in like paragraph number one of describing what is supposed to happen in this highly scripted scene. But the judge will object, that's fine for you West Coast Avengers, but what about the mighty invaders? What about, for example, Jim Hammond, the Human Torch, who canonically, in Marvel continuity, I believe, burns Hitler to death right at the end of World War II. This is the man who kills Hitler. If you get him killed now, it's like you've unkilled Hitler. Are you prepared for that responsibility? And obviously, there's no way that the Human Torch... Stop! If I'm playing the Human Torch, I have this energy sheath ability with amazing intensity flames that explicitly melt anything of amazing material strength or less, like these chains. But what about the knockout gas? Well, if I stipulate that my robot body was knocked the fuck out by knockout gas, I can still use my fire control superpower, which is unearthly intensity, to raise the level of the fires I can create all the way up to amazing, even with the column shift penalty, thus melting the chains. I'm sorry, I know this is annoying, I'm annoying myself, but I just can't let it go that this roster is just lousy with characters who should readily escape this encounter in, like, the first sentence. As a judge, I don't know how the fuck you're supposed to get these words out of your mouth without the player characters jumping in trying to make attack rolls during the box text. But we have to move on. We have to, like, as a podcaster, I have to cover the whole page. So even if the players aren't going to let you get this whole thing out, I have to cover the whole thing. So let's assume... This is a scenario where the judge has somehow wrangled all these characters into accepting the box text and their situation as written, despite the many, many options they all have to immediately bust out and sock Red Skull in the big red place where a big red nose should be. So Red Skull turns on the hypno wash and begins trying to brainwash half of the player character group, right? Remember at the beginning, only half of the player characters are here. The other half are being held in the detention center which I guess you could argue is a reason not to jump Red Skull here, but there's no reason for you ever to be reunited with the other superheroes. They're never going to be in less danger than they're in right now, unless you take action, and you don't even know that they're alive. So anyway, the one half of the heroes, the more powerful half, preferably, who are here, all experience the hypno-wash, and they get a series of psyche rolls of increasing intensity that if they ever fail one, then they become brainwashed mind slaves of Red Skull. We're going to talk more about the details of this part next time. The only really notable thing to mention here in terms of the narrative is there's an option here for faking out Red Skull, pretending that you've already been brainwashed so that he turns off the hypno wash, and then just playing along with his orders until you see the right time to strike. So what we're going to have after the hypno washing is done is, let's say in a scenario where we've got four heroes on the team, right? We're going to have two superheroes standing here, ostensibly under control of Red Skull, possibly one or both of them just faking it. Quote, after all of the brainwashing is completed, Hitler himself will enter with five Nazi soldiers. The skull will then stop. I demand that you stop because what you've done now, if I'm a player who has had his superhero pretend to be under Nazi mind control so my hero can bide their time for the right time to strike, and then Hitler enters the room, <laughs> I feel like for maximum benefit, I could kill Hitler in one action, one surprise round. I, I could kill Hitler right now. I don't see any need to string this along further. Like, I don't feel the need to schmooze Hitler and find out who he's working for. I will settle for Hitler. Now, I will say, and the judge may well use this ambiguity to some advantage here, 
it's not clear whether Hitler goes into the hypno-wash room to sort of inspect the heroes personally, or goes into the observation room with Red Skull to observe them from a safe distance. So the judge may well say, no, Hitler didn't walk right up to you. Hitler went to the observation room behind all kinds of Nazi bullshit metal and security glass, and he's here watching you, but you have to play along because there's a wall between you and him. Naturally, this is where the Visions player will stop you and remind you that the Vision is perfectly capable of walking through a wall and killing Hitler in this scenario. It is at this point that you may want to have Hitler turn out to be a Hitler bot armed with a self-destruct bomb specially formulated to kill ghost robots, because having Vision in this adventure is just a real problem. But let's assume that this scene does not include Vision, who can ghost right through the wall, or one of the characters from The Misfits, Advika Ja, who has an implant that gives her telekinesis, which she could easily use through the wall uh, to telekinesis something to smash Hitler on the head. Or Scarlet Witch, who may be taking a penalty to her amazing hex powers, but excellent hex power should be plenty to start making shit fall on Hitler, with the bonus that because this is hex magic, it's not going to look like an attack, it's just going to look like Hitler is having a series of comical workplace mishaps. Let's assume that none of those things are happening, and everything goes according to plan. Hitler comes to make his cameo from the other room, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. At this stage, finally, Red Skull will have ten Nazi guards lead the slaves, or fakie slaves, to a big room at the eastern end of the bunker. Quote, Once inside the room, the heroes will find themselves in a huge labyrinth. Over the labyrinth is a plexiglass dome. The dome is about 30 feet above ground level and is made of unearthly material. Interesting. Skimping on your observation security bubble. Why didn't you use that uh, Shift-X Nazi bullshit metal? They must have cut some corners using plexiglass that is only as strong as goddamn Thor. These, these Nazis and their building materials, these contractors, like fuck Operation Paperclip, fuck those Nazi scientists. We should have brought over Nazi contractors because this shit is unbelievable. We should have had Operation Drywall bring all the German contractors over. Yeah, I'd like to take out this separating wall between the kitchen and the living area, and if I could replace it with some kind of impossibly stealthy, lightweight, fully automated, cosmically powered, invincible metal portcullis, just in case, that would be great. No problem, boss. Have it done by Thursday. Heil Hitler. Oh, you. I don't love the Hitler thing, but you do good work. So, okay, the heroes are led into this giant labyrinth, which I don't know why this is in Hitler's secret private bunker. I have no idea. Don't ask me. And then uh, the heroes are given Lugers and told to stand by while their prey is summoned. Quote, a few minutes later, a team of 20 Nazi guards will fetch the rest of the heroes from the detention area and lead them into the labyrinth, warning them that things will go badly for their missing compatriots if they do not cooperate. The Red Skull will then begin to speak. Now we shall see if our new toy is effective. Listen to me, my minions. Stop right there, because we now have the player group assembled. All of the heroes are here. It's not totally clear to everyone in the group whether everyone else in the group is brainwashed, but what we do know is we're all here. We have access to all our superpowers. Red Skull and Hitler are 30 feet above us, albeit behind unbreakable plexiglass. We're never going to have a better opportunity to escape than right now. If any of us can fly, if any of us can teleport, if any of us can phase, if any of us can leap, if any of us can do goddamn anything, now is the moment. There's no reason to let Red Skull finish his sentence here. But let's assume that you do. Red Skull says, Those people in front of you, pointing to the non-brainwashed heroes, are enemies of the Fuhrer. You must destroy them. Each of the brainwashed heroes will then respond, We must destroy, and begin chasing the non-brainwashed heroes through the maze, brandishing their pistols. So it's fight, 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 heroes versus heroes. Quote, after the second round of combat, the Red Skull will address all of the heroes over a PA system as the battle rages on. 
I'm sorry that we cannot stay and watch, but I am afraid that we have more important matters to attend to for now. I will send some men back here in sixty min- Stop. Wait right there. Finally, <laughs> this is the last one, Red Skull announces, Red Skull and Hitler are leaving the building. You're all together. You've had two rounds to try to talk each other out of brainwashing, psychically push each other out of brainwashing, try to incapacitate each other non-lethally. Your resources are diminishing. You have the complete lay of the situation. You are by yourselves. No one is holding anyone at gunpoint except each other. No hostages, if that's what's been dissuading you so far. And Red Skull publicly announces that he and Hitler are here now, but are walking away to leave you to be killed. If at no other time, now you you have to try to intervene and stop Red Skull, surely. And I think you may be able to. If the GM lets you bust out of this script, there's no mention of any gear being taken away from anyone. If gear is taken away from people, then uh, this hero versus hero fight is going to be pretty short. Because if it's like brainwashed Wonder Man and Vision against Captain America without a shield and Bucky without his little domino mask, then basically Steve and Bucky's best tactical option at that point is to share a final embrace because nothing else they could do is worth a damn. The assumption is that you get to keep your gear. And there's no mention that you don't. I think you're still in your costumes. You're still in your gear. Given that, I mean, Hawkeye's got arrows that could maybe do something about this plexiglass or at least disrupt Red Skull's exit. And in terms of original characters or other characters you might choose, I I needn't go into the numerous gear-based superpowers that could be used to give chase to the fleeing Red Skull and Hitler, especially since half the party is brainwashed. So splitting the party is less of a concern. Like, why stick around and try to beat up your friends and have your friends try to beat up you when you could, like, shrink and go through the ventilation system to chase after Red Skull and Hitler or teleport or phase or use your telekinesis through the plexiglass and trap them in the room or remotely blow up their machinery with electrical control or anything. The dumbest thing in this page, and it, as you've seen, it just happens again and again and again. This is a set piece, and I understand that the author had a vision for like a cool thing where you wake up chained to a table and it's like a classic supervillain hypnotizes you scene and there's like the dramatic shot that you can imagine on the cover of an Invaders comic with like the superheroes holding Lugers and saying Heil Hitler as they're brainwashed and Red Skull commands them to kill their own friends to prove their loyalty to the Fuhrer. I can understand why the author thinks all that is cool, but you can't just (laughs) write a sequence of events that happen like on screen. The, The judge has to literally sit here and describe them happening blow by blow to the players and at every turn have these be things that the players can simply say no. Just like, no, I won't do that. Or even in the case of like the very first sentence, you wake up chained to a table in a cold antiseptic laboratory. The players may well say, no, that didn't happen. Like, don't you remember last scene? I wasn't knocked out. And this has huge ramifications for everything going forward. You can't just lie in the box text to make the plot work. The players will notice. They will stop you. And it's bad enough when it's just a matter of like, do you get hypnotized or don't you? Are you at a minus two penalty to your powers or not? But when we've got actual Hitler in the scene standing feet away, you're playing a dangerous game when you simply describe the player characters not doing anything about that shit and hope that they don't like raise their hand and say, wait, excuse me, I do kill Hitler. Just before you move on, let me just throw down a like a flag on this. I do kill Hitler at this point. And this this is going to be a bit of a two-parter with next page because next time we're going to see if you go along with what the judge is simply dictating happens to you and simply dictating that you do in response to it throughout this scene. The end of this road is not some kind of cool heroic set piece. The end of this road is quite possibly your hero's grinding painful demise. Join me next time for that on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. 
This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact the show however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Podbean, Gmail, Instagram, etc., etc. This episode's theme music is Robinson's Grand Entry March, performed by the United States Air Force Concert Band. Thanks for listening.